Have you ever wondered if your child's focus problems, anxiety, depression, even OCD might be related to a head injury or concussion? Well, you need to listen to this amazing episode about concussion recovery and how it affects mental health. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems, including birth trauma, head injury, and concussion, and how it affects kids, not just when it happens, but maybe years later, affecting their attention, their executive functioning, and their mood and anxiety. Hello, mamas, papas, teachers, all the people that are listening to It's Gonna Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne. I'm super excited to have my friend and warrior mom, Ellen, on this episode. Because <laughs> Ellen and I, we could talk for seven hours and we're worried that this is going to be an exceptionally long conversation. But today, right. Ellen, I were joking before we got on, every single provider, like health provider, has been vetted for me personally by Ellen. <laughs> She's so amazing. I, I joke and I say that she like gives everybody a phone colonoscopy, but she doesn't no. just get on the phone, right? She doesn't just get on the phone. She goes and interviews physicians. So whenever I need help, you I go, oh, the FBI last time we spoke. You're like the FBI. But today we're going to talk about neurofeedback and PEMF for concussion recovery. And we're going to share the story of now your young adult son, Colin, mm-hmm. and what happened to him I just think it's an incredible story because when you came to me, let's talk about what brought you to me all those years ago and how concussion really unfolded in his life at multiple points because he didn't just have one concussion, he had multiple ones, but really how it stopped him and how it affected his mood his attention, his executive functioning, and how he has recovered and is really moving through beautifully as an adult who really cares about his own self-care, which is a big deal. When we think our kids are not into what we're doing, which at times are going to result. But talk about what happened, how you came to me, and it all started with a brain map in working with me. But what happened all those years ago? So I... Colin was, this was probably around 2012, his first concussion. I didn't know, really know much about concussions. We grew up thinking, oh, you get a concussion and a few days later, you're good. Um, I didn't know anything about it. So he was very young in, I think, the fifth grade at the time. He was at a lacrosse game and he was checked from behind, an illegal move. And he went down face first on the turf with his helmet and was knocked out. And so I wasn't even there. I was across town at my daughter's soccer game. My sister-in-law was there. And that night we were in the ER. He was dizzy in the shower and they told us he had a, a big concussion. We have functional medicine in our family and, you know, holistic medicine in our family. So we knew not to put him in sports. We kept him home. He was, but he was home immediately. Like he was home the rest of the school year. We didn't let him do anything that whole summer sports-wise. And then the following February, that was June of 12. And then the following February, we were doing supplements and that kind of thing. But then February, he had another one. On the basketball court, he hit his head against somebody's head just playing basketball. And that flipped him out into another concussion. And then... That was a horrible concussion. 
And that was, I think the first one was more, was more damaging than we ever knew because he was so young, but to get another one, even nine months later, it was horrific. And I was away in Florida with my father who was dying. So again, I wasn't there. My husband was there. He was at school. That was from February. He didn't, he didn't go back to school that whole year. He was home. He was getting tutored later. And then I think I started seeing, I started, I found osteopathy and we were doing uh, cranial sacral, which was really helping him. And then that's where I learned about neuro. And my brother-in-law had kept saying, you know, you need to get a QEEG. You need to get a QEG. I didn't even know what that was. Here, lo and behold, you're like in my town five minutes away. I was like, oh my God, that's great. And I had been taking Colin to neuropsychologists and they were trying to do cognitive behavioral therapy on him. And even at his young age, what was he like seven or eight? He's like, this isn't working. This is a waste of time. I'm just like searching, 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 searching for something that's going to make a difference because he wasn't getting any better in the morning. He would wake up and not be able to get out of bed. And the doctors, the neurologists, I had him to specialist in Philadelphia at Children's Hospital. They're like, that's really not normal. I'm like, okay, well, it's our normal. What do we do about it? Ellen and I are doing about it. I had him out out on the 504 plan and we were, and I was learned, I was investigating. I was following Concussion Legacy Institute, which was new. I was calling Boston. I knew that he needed um, aerobic activity to keep his brain stimulated. I had a bike in the house that it was making him ride. I knew he wasn't getting better. And so finally we come to meet you right in town. And there's Roseanne, big pop personality, fun to talk to, easy. Of course, we did the QEG. But before we did the QEG, we left that office day one, Roseanne. And Colin's like, that's it. I want to go to Roseanne, raising his hand. Uh, that This is it. This is it. She's it. She's it. So I we did the QEG. And we come in to listen. And immediately, the hippocampus is lit up right? We didn't even know what that was really, right? And you asked this pivotal question. You said, Colin, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning after you go to sleep? And this is two and a half, three years in, two and a half, three years in. He's like, well, when I wake up, I kind of, I don't feel like I ever went to sleep. Boom. Mic drop right there. Because he was was sleeping a lot. Because he was sleeping a lot and there was no restorative sleep. And his brain was not able to go to shut down. So we all know at this point that your brain is healing at night when you go to sleep. It's three years in, his brain is not healing at night. Hello. So I almost fell off my chair and you went right into like what parts of his brain were lit up and what parts of his brain weren't and this and that. And then we started the treatment. And because we were on a clean diet already, no sugar, all the supplements, I had all that from my brother-in-law for years. Who's an integrated physician, by the way. Yep, so yep. a trailblazing integrated physician. Yes, yep, yeah. yep. And he was like, but this was the missing link. Neurofeedback was the missing link. And this child, he immediately responded, immediately responded, right? Well, how many sessions were we going to do? 40, whatever it was. I don't remember. And like right. 10 weeks in, it was early. It was like two, three weeks early. He had this like meltdown. And I called you and I'm like, uh, he's having this crazy meltdown. Call me back. And you were like, no, we talked about it. And you're like, no, this is a pivotal shift. The brain is healing. He's having it early. And it didn't last or anything like that. But like, it was a shift. It was a and day. It was like a day. Yeah. It was one day. But right. it was something that like scared me. 
And then he went on and he was with you. And then he, and then we saw a shift. We saw a shift in sleep. We saw mood, a shift in attempt to move. Yep. Right. Mood, energy. Just, just to understand. get up out of bed. You know, yep. Yep. Colin. Personality started coming a, back through. His personality started coming back through. There was less fatigue, less, you know, mood swings, whatever. Because, you know, we learned that whatever you go into, whatever your Achilles heel is going into a concussion, it's exasperated after the concussion. So he was a little like moody and it's his personality. Like he wants things his way and that kind of thing. And then it but was generally more- a very pleasant kid. Like oh, just totally. to know how, no, like really, a super gregarious kid. and fun and had a great yeah. sense of humor, yeah. but he was tired. His brain wasn't resting. Yeah. Okay. So then, you know, that was the beginning of a huge, of a long road, but such a quick, quick turnaround for us. Like right in front of our eyes, we we're like, Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And of course he was still doing all the other modalities. He was doing cranial sacral. I was yep. taking him for acupuncture. He was getting, you know, medical massage. We were on it. And he was so open. And honestly, now, like I call him my spa baby because he's open to this day to these kinds of things. And my daughter, too. And then, you know, Morgan, obviously, Morgan came to you later for other things. But this is a gift that they have because, you know, I used to say to my husband, like, this is it. It's one brain. We'd like fix this now, or we're going to be dealing with this for the rest Forever. of their life. I so know. This, like people would be like, oh, you know, that, what does that cost? And da-da-da. first of all, it's nobody's business what it costs, boundaries. But at the same time, you're like, I don't care what it costs. Like I got to, I got to send my kids off into the world with a functioning, healthy brain. Yeah. Not to mention, like I said, concussion, like we were together, together, you and I, like, it was 2013 when I met you. This stuff was just coming off the horizon. Like now I watch your podcast and I'm like, so everybody's so educated. It's so awesome. They come in ready to do the work where, you know, you and I would be like, you know, we felt like we were like pioneering, like teaching. Right. People. Well, because you had a whole lifetime of this experience of being yeah. pre-educated with a functional doctor. And I think what's amazing about Colin's story is like you were doing everything right and yeah, he and was very frustrated stuck. that still wasn't right. right. Still wasn't and, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you and I. I mean, you're dogmatic. Like you don't know that something isn't going to go the way that it's <laughs> supposed to go. I mean, that's one of the many things I love about you. And I think what's like when people hear this story, right? It's like it doesn't matter what the issue is. It doesn't matter if your kid has anxiety or OCD. And like people come to me, most people that are listening, they've done a lot. So then they say, well, why is this thing, whether it's diet, whether it's neurofeedback, whether it's PEMF, because once we got PEMF, we added that to the mix, too, because Colin went on to have another terrible concussion. And we'll talk about that. But you have to get to a point when you're like, "Okay, this isn't working. What can I do differently? And you're very analytical like me, like, "Okay." The cranio, on the days we do cranio, we notice this, this, and this. When I do neuro, I notice this, this, and this. And we would get together and strategize. And we'd be like, okay, let's make sure that his test is on this day and that and the other thing. And what do we have to put in the 504? Yeah. And he res- it restored his brain. It and did. then unfortunately, he got so then he went on. in the so nose. Then he went, yeah. So then he went on. He had the 504. He was straight through. That was sixth grade. Then seventh and eighth so grade. So about tenth grade. 
Seventh and eighth grade, he was on the 504, no sports. I had the gym. I had the school at the gym. I was like, listen, these kids need aerobic activity with the concussions. I was sitting in meetings. I'm like, you should have a stationary bike in there and let them like pedal around. They're looking at me like I'm crazy. They're like, what? And one teacher was like, this will probably get cut. One teacher was like, no, we don't. Well, well, just be, uh, you know, I never heard of that. Uh, oh, I never heard. I'm like, well, just because you never heard of it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And there's my husband. Uh, sitting behind me. Amen, I'm, sister. I'm the mouth, but my husband sits behind me. Like he's like walk quietly and carry a big stick. <laughs> These school people were like, oh my God. You know, it was epidemic. How many kids were getting concussions, not even getting not even getting diagnosed. Yeah. Let alone and it was a lot of sports concussions. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think what's really important, and you said something that I want to kind of unpack a little bit, is so just to understand when brain injuries happen. And, and when I do QEGs, I can see birth trauma in yeah. a lot of cases. You can see concussions. It doesn't have to be recent. It could be from 30 right. years ago. Happens right. all the time. But for most brains, even though you can have a concussion on the first one, most people recover. And that recovery mm-hmm. should occur within a six to eight week window. We kind of know the sort of sweet spot. If you're not recovering mostly, you know, 90% or better by eight weeks, you're most likely going to have a long term recovery. But it's the second, third, fourth injury that really does the damage. Right. And when you have a concussion, in or any injury, right? And and please know you don't have to be seeing stars. That's such a Ooh. freaking myth. Um, mm-hmm. or knocked out or yep. unconscious. It's any sudden acceleration or deacceleration that could lead to a head trauma. And that's why a lot of athletes get injured, brain injuries, without even full contact sports. They don't even know. Yeah, they don't yeah. know. But in that first head injury, right, in the next six months, you have an 80% chance yeah. of having Which, a yes, second injury. The neurologist injury. did not tell me. Hello. Right. I'm I know. The neurologist's office, and they're like, oh, sorry. You know, it, I was like, that would have been some tidbit of information I should have walked out of here with nine months ago, people. Yep. I was yep. so angry. So angry. So angry. And it's the vestibular system, right? So it's your Ugh. brain's visual system that doesn't match up to your motor system, there's like a drag. It's a, it's a sluggish. And so you're going to often misperceive like, oh, here's the stairs, you know? And so then you tend to get other injuries. A great example is I had a kid that I work with that had a uh, concussion. He was recovering. He was doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went to go get a cat on a stair, on a, up on the stairs and he misjudged it and fell and it was really the second head injury and he didn't even hurt himself that much it wasn't like he had a big bruise or he had any of those things but that second injury destabilized him it took us months to get so him back one to that destabilized colin well there were two the last two so colin's had four rec- recorded okay there was actually one in between february of 13 and then october of 13 in the middle of the summer, running by the playground, some kid's swinging and Colin's running by the swing and the kid kicks him and he goes back into the pole. Okay. That wasn't even di- Hello. Then, so that, I don't know what that did to him, but then I'm getting on a plane in October. We think everything is hunky dory. He's now in uh, sixth, seventh grade, whatever it was. And I'm about, I'm boarding and I get a call. I hadn't been anywhere and I get a call and they're like, uh, 
Hey, it's a school nurse. Colin was picking up a pencil under his desk and clocked his head. He's got a massive headache. I, I had to. I had to leave the airport and go home. I was like, "What?" And that one, because before he fell frontward. Yeah, right. And then he had the side with the head, and now he's got the back. And yeah. that was the really that really killed him. And then that was you know for another two three years after that. But again, like, I think when that one happened, like, I knew exactly where to go. I, and I was like, immediately in cranio, like, you know, whatever, I could do those things because they were gentle. You know, that was really debilitating. You had your toolkit. You knew I your had my toolkit. Right, right. Yeah. Right, right. And, you, you know, and you mentioned what you bring to the table, right? It's the same thing with trauma. So a concussion exacerbates kind of naturally there. Variables that worked against him was sort of a brain propensity towards mood. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think this would ever even be an issue for him if he didn't have these concussions. It just sort of brought it to the surface. Um, yep. And then the other thing is he has scoliosis. So well, we know yes. a that the recovery of... is harder. When we didn't know he had scoliosis. Dying. We did not know he had scoliosis then. So I, childhood scoliosis patient, but my body is much different than my husband's. So then we had to learn. I learned all about like just the makeup of the body. Colin is wiry like me. Very, very flexible. This did not help while he was having concussions. No. Head, no. Absolutely. And my daughter is built like my, my husband. She's more like a beef tenderloin. Like her, she's got much more muscular, strong. But like he doesn't like look like he, he's um, no. you know, weak, but his, he's right. very flexible. And, and so, that's why girls tend to actually right. have um, more problems with concussion because they lack the same neck strength. As children with neck strength, they tell you you shouldn't be heading. A, my daughter is a soccer player straight through college. Kids yeah. should not be heading a ball until they have pubic hair, because at that point, the neck can support. Otherwise, you got a bobbly head. So. These are all things that we were learning between 2010 and 2015. Because you would have never known if the injury wasn't there. And and please, no, we're not saying don't do sports. We're not saying no, that. No, it's smart. To have an understanding. And, and this is really about a conversation, right? If you weren't who you were, what would have happened and what people tried to do, but don't ever mess with Ellen, is, <laughs> you know, when he wasn't going to school, you know, they try to pass it off as a mental health issue only because in theory, mm -hmm. this shouldn't have been concussion. Right, Ellen? And so, and, you know, well, you were like, syndrome, I'm not having any of that. Right. So then the concussion syndrome was like, well, what does that mean? And are you sure he just doesn't want to come back? And I'm like, OK, people, first of all, it's winter in Connecticut. Dreary. You really think this kid doesn't want to be with his friends. He wants to sit home and stare right. out at the gray. This is where I had to bring the bike up into the living room, put it on the wheel, put it on the stand. It was my bike. And like, I didn't even have an exercise bike just to have him pedal to do aerobic exercise, just to get the get limbs his, going, get the get energy going, blood flow going. He felt good. And he'd break a sweat. Otherwise, they're laying around like slugs. And it's just like, wah, wah, wah. And I got to listen to the school say he doesn't want to go back. And I'm like, I really? know. I'm like, I, I, it's amazing to me that in this world, you know, I do a lot with school, you know, school refusal. And you've mm -hmm. been here when it's during the day at our center. Yeah. Where 
filled with kids that aren't going to school for a lot of reasons. You know, most kids want to go back to school, whether it's because, you know, they're dealing with something like concussion or even bullying or anxiety or depression. They want to have a place that feels good to them and they can be successful in. Nobody really doesn't want to be there. You know, even when the kid is telling you that. They want to be with their friends. They don't want to miss out on stuff. So I'm not saying they're going to love the schoolwork. And, you know, and it was a journey to get him back to school. It It really was. We had to to do the in-home schooling. And then it wasn't like he was going to sit at in-home schooling for two, three hours. It was painful. Like he would go 15 minutes and have to go lay down. 15 minutes and have to go lay down. This kid, the fortitude that he has now, I mean, like, I had it. You get when you have a child that has a lifelong thing, like an, or something that happens to them. I had that when I was young. It right, because you had the scoliosis. It was a yeah, big deal. You I had a brain. Like it was tough. You know? And my dad used to say to me, "You know, this is going to make you stronger. This is going to make you stronger." And it has made Colin stronger. It really has. Now he's in college, and you know, the next concussion came in. He was doing great freshman year, sophomore year of college, high school. And then basketball, like somebody jumps and the elbow comes down on his nose. I'm like, come on. He was out all of 10th grade. That's right. And this is where the depression starts now. That's really where it started. And it it started, the concussion was the igniter of it, but the missing out on everything. And he had a great group of friends. Oh, thank God. So this is where. Thank God. So my group of friends that hold me together, they've had children with more serious, not I want to say more serious, but different kinds of things, clinical depression, like at age six, mental health depression that runs in the family. And my friends, um, I have two friends who like would talk me off the ledge, like, you know, but they told me like the best thing that Colin could have, thank God he's got these group of friends and, and he's socially intact. So that was a blessing. Okay. Cause the worst is when you're home, and you have this, and then you don't have that. Group That's of right. Besides your parents, like it's so important. And I had that when I was young. Anyway, the tenth grade was awful, and heartbreaking was when he was sixteen and eleventh grade. We took everybody to the beach, uh, our beach house, and they're all sitting around talking. And and you know, at this point, I've got like a bunch of sixteen-year-olds, like close proximity, where I can actually hear what they're saying. It's pretty interesting, and they're all f- having fun and games. And I hear them one night just talking and. A couple of them are like, I don't even remember you in high school because guess what? He wasn't really there. It no. was so sad. Or kids on a sports team would be like a particular kind of sports team that think they're there, all that. Colin had like elementary school friends on this team. What are you hanging out with him for? You know, he doesn't play anything. And these fr- this friend was like, he's one of my closest friends. They're still good friends, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you got to talk- a real friend. These Colin has always, I don't know, blessed with, I guess they always say you attract what you are. Honestly, he's yeah. the best of all oh, of us. Oh, I mean, your it. kids are so great. And I, you know, I think well, one he, of the he's things- really the best of all of us. Like he really is. He really is. And, he's a doll. Um, he really and listen, is. the whole crew is pretty awesome, but, <sighs> but also you really talk to your kids straight. Oh, your kids are so open about mental health. Even when they're struggling, there's not shame. They no. feel good about talking about it. And I think that's mm. such a big, big It's really difference. big. It's always yeah. been open, open, open. But what the, the challenge that we met, which I think is important to talk about, and this is what I was saying, is that there comes a time when you have a child that's going through all this stuff, anybody that's going through it, where you get tired, they get tired. They get, Colin would be like, 
by 12th grade, he was over it. He was just like, he saw you straight through 11th grade. And then 12th grade, he started pushing back on me. And he was just like, I don't want to go. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm tired of being sick. I'm not broken. So there's a whole nother aspect now that you're dealing with, right? And what do you do? So we start talking to the therapist. And then there's this that's anger right. that's deep-seated that needs, and maybe because he's a boy, and I don't know what it was, but I was able to get a lot of that out when I was a kid with my mom and my dad. Colin was holding it in, holding it in, not wanting to tell me when, you know, how badly he was feeling. Well, that all kicked up and he goes off to school in COVID. And is on lockdown. Oh, what a terrible time to and go that off. Was to a whole nother. And because then what hits him is first of all, he hasn't been doing neuro. His brain really wasn't ready for school. It really wasn't. And then the and isolation. And then the, the isolation. isolation then the serious, serious depression sets in that I don't even realize how bad it is until like spring. And then I get him home. And we're watching his grades just go like this. And then he finally comes to us in the July after freshman year. And it's just like, uh, I was having some pretty serious bad thoughts. Okay. Then we're dealing with that. And uh, we did deal with it. But the good news is, is that when you're then looking for therapy and different things that you're going to do for depression and I'm worrying now is my son going to be clinically depressed the rest of his life this was right this was a horrifying thought right we went back to neurofeedback and we went back to the QEEG and the QEEG shows us that Colin is not clinically depressed he does not have ADHD this is what's so beautiful about the QEEG and my children will tell their friends you are looking at a picture of something you can physically see. This right. is where the whole, all the things we're doing, like there's, there's scientific proof right in front of you. And this is what I try to tell other parents. I'm like, why would you not do this? Right. And that's where it all marries up. And like before, when Colin was like, this is it. I want to work with Roseanne. He went right back. He's like, I want to do that again. Like we need to do this again. Right. And he saw that. His brain the value of it. He the felt the difference. And looking yeah. at the QEEG, he hadn't had one since 11th grade, I think, right? So now it's like almost three years later and he was, he, ready. Ready. he was ready to read that because he had been to cognitive behavioral therapy while he was the first year in college talking, talking, and then they hit a wall. Yeah. They hit a wall. It's just not doing enough. What's wrong here? Because it's not all about cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy. No, and let's talk about that first year. This was the beginning of COVID. There was uh, no student interaction and you're no. in your room on a, yeah. on a device. Yeah. Uh, so many kids were depressed. And right. I, I just want you to like know that that was a, a reaction that most yeah. kids were feeling. And right. many college kids, I felt like they had the hardest hit. If they, and he was a freshman. So yeah. it wasn't like he had a group of friends, like he didn't have people and it was just really a knock. Well, and I, again, Colin, blessed as he is, did make friends with kids around him that he's still with to this day. And they were life-saving for him, really, because they were in single rooms. We didn't want him because it was COVID. We didn't want him in a group room. But that single room, as it was brand new and beautiful, 
it was all cement walls and a cement ceiling. He said to me the next year, I never want to be in a cement. I never want to see a cement ceiling again. I mean, I did not. A lot of kids suffered from depression. This is the beauty of already knowing we were able to hit the ground running day and get support. We knew what we needed. This is huge because I have people who call me and they're like, "Uh, my kid is getting ready to graduate. And then COVID happened and they just like zoned out and don't want to go. And that they left school. I can't even find mental health. I can't even find therapists. I can't, I don't even know what to look for. This is where we were so lucky and blessed because we, I, I knew exactly what we needed. And yeah. my kids were like, yeah, let's go. You know, Colin's like, and you yeah, trust your gut, you know, cause you're a warrior mom and you're not going to let, you're not going to let depression be in charge. And that, that, you know, that head injury. And, you know, I think what's the miracle about Colin, you know, now we're, we're on the other side of it. He really has embraced neurofeedback yeah. and, and therapy, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was yes. regulated enough to do that. Yes. Yes, and yes. he's taken on to caring for himself. Like right. I remember there were times just very normal developmental things where he'd be like, you'd be like, bro, you got to talk to him about the food. You got to talk to him <laughs> about the supplements. Right? Because Ellen would call well, me. Like, you're tired. You know, this. In the beginning, when he's eight years old, he'll do anything I say. Like, take yeah. these supplements and do this. And high school, the end of high school, that's a normal time for, for kids to push you away anyway, especially boys. They're like, I'm done with you. Leslie was nervous about going to school. He was, was already we nervous. We were beside before. ourselves. Do we send them? Do we not send yeah. them? I was beside myself. And at one point, the school was like, I go, what happens if he fails? And they're like, you got to let him go. Like he wants to go. And he did go. It's really funny. Not an easy not, choice. Do you know how many times really I have that conversation? It's like not everything happens for a reason. My kids will always say, I taught them everything happens for a reason. And to this day, he's like, everything that happened to me is not bad. Mom. No, <laughs> no. Chokes me up. Yeah. He's like. I'm going to be, I'm okay. So the thing is, is that I guess my message, and this is what I was saying to you, mental health is a lifelong journey with self-care. Like it is, it doesn't end. It's not like a thing where you take a pill and it's over and everybody's hunky-dory. Nope. It ebbs and flows. It changes. And I will say. we have real life. We yeah. have real life. Like, you know, what, what got Colin was real life. COVID happening really destabilized him. And you got in there pretty quick, you know, and because you knew what resources really helped him. But, you know, mental health is an evolutionary process. Like it's never finished. It's never finished. And that is something that had to come that had to come to him on his own. And now, you know, a lot of people that he knows there were kids all over with and without mental issues before they even left for school that after COVID came out of it with a mental issue, like they had mental health issues and Kyle and my daughter, they recognize this. They recognize it, the signs and the warnings well before a lot of people do, even in their own peer group. Because they're, they have an anchor. They're connected to them. When you're fighting the good fight and you got to be the heavy, which is what my job is. You know, my husband's working and not only that, like I grew up in this a little bit. So I have that fortitude that came with, having something when I was young. In fact, your therapist told me there's some book that about people who have had an issue, a lifelong issue, and then have children that have a different lifelong issue and how there's this bond. And there truly is. But anyway, 
I mean, it's you know, a you know, blessing with the children, though. Listen, that person, yeah, they really need this, or you know, their parents are slowly trying to find. Like, they don't push it on anybody, but they know they're one of us now. We made them, Roseanne. Yeah. They're oh my little, gosh, there are little I mean, soldiers out there carrying on our work. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a parent who's tried everything to help your child, but they still struggle with attention, mood, anxiety, or other clinical issues? Well, that's exactly why I'm inviting you to this free workshop titled Rewiring the Brain, What is Neurofeedback? And it's on May 16th. During this webinar, I'll be sharing my knowledge and experience with you, helping you to understand just how neurofeedback can help your child improve their attention, their mood, or whatever else is going on with them. You'll learn about how neurofeedback is a safe and natural way to calm and regulate their brain and how that can really make a difference, not just for your child, but for your family. Don't miss this opportunity to join me for this amazing neurofeedback webinar. You can register at www.drrosanne.com forward slash webinar. And here we're going to explore just how neurofeedback can be a game changer for your child and family. And again, that's www.drrosanne.com forward slash webinar. I joke all the time, you know, I'm trained in hypnosis. I don't, I don't do it. But, you know, when their kids are little, when they play, they're actually in a hypnotic state. So I would whisper things to them like, you know, I love gluten free. I will marry a girl that my mother loves, you know, and they joke all the time. Talks like that. He makes fun of me all the time. It is hilarious. All all the little things I say or... Or he'll be out or like one time when he was little, like talk about food. He was little and he was at some play date at somebody's house and they had all these crazy snacks that like I would never have. And he's like, yeah, ma, it was all that. And I was laughing like my mom should see. And he didn't need any of them. Good. Yeah. Oh, my John Carlos, he's a believer. That's like- he was little. That's he was little. Now, you know, try to tell a college kid not to eat fried food and, um, you know, all the yeah. other things they do in college. Yeah. But no, it, it is hard there. and they'll have to make their own decisions. And, you know, it depends. I mean, I know even you thought about you thought about a lot of things when you picked a school. I learned so much from you. How many times they clean the bathroom. That's on my list. Um, well, you know, the food. when I walked into his school and they had remember the te- remember I called you losing it. I went into their LEP program, which was like an extra like thing that you pay for, for kids to have extra learning. They, they, they too, yes. they help kids that need extra. Yes. And they had this shirt that I have one. It was a picture of a head and it was inside the head was all biodiversity, like celebrate bi- your brain diversity. Right. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I got invited in to talk about what you do in the, they're like, you're such a brain nerd. And I'm like, Calling you like, listen, you need to do this stuff in the college. I remember. I remember. Right? Well, yeah. You're like, no, I can only do so much, Ellen. Can't save the world. I can't. I was like, I'm happy to have colleges come and have me speak at their colleges. And, yeah, you know, Colin's sitting there like, uh, we go to lunch. To contact me. <laughs> <laughs> I do do a lot of speaking. Everybody and about and talks are coming, back. Ellen. And TED Talks are coming this year. Oh, so let's- Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. 
So I'm super excited about that. You'll see. It's all going to be about common training and parent, and then another one on parenting. There's two, one this year and one in January of 2024. So, so Ellen, you know, I love you and I could talk to you all day. And I would say when we talk about neurofeedback and PMF and working with us in general, what would you say to somebody who, whether they have a concussion or anxiety or depression, what would you say to somebody who's considering you know, using these tools, whether they're working with us or somebody else, what would you say to somebody who's on the fence? I would say that they are dramatically, I think, dramatically more successful, more effective and more, and safe than going like a pharmaceutical route where you have to, which is basically a crapshoot. Oh, take this pill and see if it works. Take that pill and see if it works. I mean, like, give me a break. It's It's game changing is what it is. It's game changing. And it's effective and it's safe and it's just safe, you know? Yeah. And in your case, you were surprised that it worked as quickly as and effectively as it did. Uh, Because I had been suffering. We had been watching him for three years and it wasn't getting better. And I just was like, all right, well, maybe this is just going to take a long time. And then to watch it help him so quickly. Yeah. We got him back to school that first time. If he didn't get the the elbow into his nose oh, that oh. I know I, and oh. I just had his braces taken off and I, I was like what happened to your teeth I thought he cracked his teeth he's like uh, I had a well, concussion you, know, you don't know what's going to destabilize you it could be the simplest thing and then you know for parents in general that that are on a journey and maybe this is a new thing for them healing naturally because not everybody who's listening or watching have any experience to natural solutions and right. they may just be in a desperate Google search What do you want parents to know about why they should use natural solutions in general? In general, I just think that they're extremely effective. I mean, I think I've seen them just be so effective and so safe. And there's no, there's just really no bad side effects. You know, you're not dealing with any of that. So why not? You know, I think a lot of people, I got to be honest with you, they're looking for a quick fix. They're looking for something simple. They're looking for, you know, oh, I'm going to, does insurance cover it? And I'm just going to do it. And that's it. And I'm like, listen, this is the rest of your life. This is the rest of your kid's life. This is all you got to do. You got to put a kid out in a world with the healthiest brain and mental state they can possibly be in. I mean, they're up against so many other things than we ever were. And, and, and you know, and it is a misnomer that mm-hmm. these other things are cheaper because one therapy you don't get any results so right. really what you, what's your what's your what's really what are you really saving you're not saving no. anything. you're wasting time no. that's and the most other people thing. right you're wasting time you're wasting and valuable time while the brain is pliable this is the well, thing the brain's pliable to what to 25 years old right well so, i mean our brain is always pliable the yes, biggest yes, window but, is before age nine that's the biggest right. window we do know you can incre- forever, but yeah. yeah you can increase neuroplasticity with diet yes. right i think you yeah. know you really have embraced um yeah. health right you had a back injury that really just changed your whole life and you you had to. And when you think about those own personal game changers, right? Diet, like I always ate clean, always my entire life. But when I went gluten and dairy free, it was a whole other world. Like it was like, I kept changing and oh, only organic. And then, oh, I only eat sheep's milk. And I just couldn't tolerate it. I don't believe it's that way for everybody. 
But Mm -hmm. we know these foods don't really promote brain health. Um, And you have to when you're struggling with mental health or physical health. You got to pull everything in. You Um, you You have to pull from all areas. It's not one fix. But I will say this. The neurofeedback was the missing link. It truly was the missing link. We were already doing clean eating. We were already doing exercise. We were already doing cranial sacral therapy. We were already doing acupuncture. These are all on an eight-year-old, okay? I was taking him to Manhattan to my people. It was ridiculous. And then until I could find my team in our area in Richfield, which everybody was right there. I didn't even know it. So lucky. Kind of funny how it's such like a holistic spot, you know? Really great. Um, Right. And, but here's the great news. Once his, the brain, the parts of his brain that were underworking and overworking went back online, Mm -hmm. then his brain was calm. Its Mm -hmm. resources could go back and heal itself. And all those adjunctive therapies worked synergistically together. Right. Better. And And actually getting results. Yeah, it was was unbelievable. So you kept persisting and then you tapered down, you know, and that is really important, you know. And I think I'm sorry, he's been in therapy over a year back to therapy. He went back to neurofeedback in February of last year. And now he's concluding like he's in such a much healthier brain space, his personality, his skin, his sleep. Yeah, he just the way he acts. Yeah, just yeah. everything. You know, like yeah. now he's like, on the phone calling me, like, and just to chit chat. You know, where before he would just go dark on me, and I'd be yeah. like, oh, and you were hunting him down, going, did you take your supplements? Yeah, yeah, take your vitamins, take your vitamins, or like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but now he responded to when he took his vitamins. So you know, now when he doesn't feel well, he he's got them there, and he takes them himself. Yeah, you know, at some point. Well, maturity kicked in, you know, Mm -hmm. but maturity Mm -hmm. that was being pushed back because he was struggling. You can't be everything all the time. And, you know, he really is a beautiful human being. And I love that you did all these things to get him to this next level and that he feels really good about himself and where he's at. And he also is he's still consulting with you, but he's taking charge and he's like, this is what I need, mom. And I hear that in my conversations with you, which is such he'll a talk to his point. therapist. You know, he'll talk, he'll make his appointments. He'll talk. Oh no, you don't need to talk to him. That's the other thing. Like, I'm like, Oh, you know, let me talk. No, no, I got it. I got it. Like, okay. <laughs> and well, then Ellen, he'll tell me like, we, but we are on the same page. Cause like when I'm not hip, I'm like, I don't know if I really like that too much. And then later he'll be like, you're not wrong, mom. <laughs> I know. Right. That's what my kids like to say, that's what they say. You're not wrong. And I'm no. like, uh-huh. Yeah, but damn see, straight. I'm not wrong. I'm Ellen. They're they're analyzing things the way I analyze things, and so yes. now, like I said, there are. Well, you were a role things. model for health, and uh, you yeah. were also a role model for being calm when you're supposed to, not letting them get away when I they're don't not. Know about that. <laughs> no, come on, Ellen. You were great. You you know you no, and John yeah. are really upfront and open, and you share yeah. and you talk and. And when your kids did stuff wrong, you were like, I will beat him. You know, like, I know you didn't, but you would call me and be like, that's a whole other it? podcast. Listen, it's a whole other podcast. And your kids are doing amazing. And your life, like now, there's nothing like when you see your kids after any struggle oh, thrive, you know, yeah. and they're moving in that direction. But yes. it's, 
ongoing mental health. It, it, like it's not over. And, that and, and there's no perfection. Okay. My husband likes no. to say everybody's got their everybody's got some. And they all got their stuff. It's all crap if they say that they don't. And that's what we've always said to our kids. You know, like everybody's got their shit. And you know, and the thing is, is that it is ongoing and there is no perfection and there shouldn't be no. any perfection because no. nobody's perfect. But the thing is, is that hopefully the best you can hope for is that that you're growing and learning new ways and 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 advocating for yourself and taking care of yourself and well, wellness, wellness, wellness is all I teach them when they go off to college. It's like they fall down this pit. They all do. They all do. They fall down a cliff. And then everybody's miserable for the first year. And then they got to crawl back up and they're like, they got to figure it out. What tools did I have that I'm like ignoring? You know, I'm like, why are you torturing yourself? Like you need, it's hard when you're a freshman and, and absolutely moving out and moving in with, it's just, it's really rough. No, it's, it's It's, amazing that you're a whole nother journey after all this you go through. And then you got to start, it feels like you're starting all over only now. They're not little kids doing whatever you say. They have like personalities and opinions. All this stuff gets in my way. How dare they have opinions? No. (laughs) John's like, mom will tell you. John's like, mom will tell you your opinion when when she wants you to have it. (laughs) Well, you know what? Strong women raising strong kids. That's the way I love it. That's not what we talk about in therapy, mom. You know, that, that, all this therapy speak, right? I'm like, okay, okay. Go tell them how awful I am. Go ahead. I don't care. (laughs) I'm paying the bill. I'm like, I'm like, get it off your chest. I'm paying the bill. Tell them how awful I am. Go ahead. Have at it. Then you know what I get later? Oh, see, you just don't care. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot win. You're so funny. Please notice a lot of sarcasm in here and that, you know, you have to have a good sense of humor too. You cannot take yourself seriously. Because the kids need to have a good sense of humor because there's so much pressure on them and they think they have to be so perfect and they really don't. You know, that's a no, whole other no. podcast. That's it. But, and yeah. I think adults are labored by that too. And we have totally. to role totally. model. Like I uh, role model yeah. imperfection every day. In comparison and all of that awful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But, well, Miss Ellen, you are amazing. Oh, it's been so fun, man. It's so fun. Your kids are amazing, spectacular human oh, beings. And thank perfect. you for sharing the story. I know you're you're always so open about it to anybody who will listen Anytime. and sharing. And that's what makes a difference because we do feel alone when our kids are struggling yes. and we're yes. afraid to ask for help. And if you're listening and you're looking for natural solutions, you can join Calm. Brain Insiders Group, where you get a PEMF device. Um, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash combrain to learn more about it, where you join a guided group with me as well and my team. And then you get to use PEMF. But wherever you are in the journey is exactly where you need to be. And thank you, Ellen, for being who you are and sharing your story because it touches a lot of people. Love you, my friend. Love you. Parenting is so hard and there are so many ups and downs. And I think the amazing part about Ellen's journey with her kids is that she walked them into holistic natural solutions. But in the end, as young adults, 
they found their own ways with natural solutions and they've integrated into their lifestyle. So no matter where you are in the journey with your kids and family, just know it's going to be okay when you take a step towards natural solutions and you just persevere and be persistent. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 